your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in the studio with me. Uh, this hour is State Rep, Assembly Rep, State Assembly Rep Jill Billings. Hi, Jill. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. It's a uh, beautiful spring weather we're going to have. I'm going to have yeah. the weather service guys on either tomorrow or Thursday. And I was thinking, like, do I talk about what's weird with the weather or, like, what's normal about the weather? It would be an easier conversation. Like, what what's normal about this weather? Because is anything normal except that we're two months ahead, I think? Well, it's. I feel bad for the folks that are going to do the Berkey because it's the 50th. And yeah. we did a, um, a in, resolution um, celebrating them and their 50th. And poor Ben Pop, the guy, he's a great guy that organizes it up there. They're, they're making snow hauling in snow. I mean, they're, they're going to do uh, – they'll, they'll still do a ski, but I don't think it's going to be business as usual. Yeah, the Berkey – how long is that race? Like, isn't it like 100K or 50K, something like that? It's crazy. I used to cover, like, kids from Winona that used to, like – dominate in that race like they're <sighs> went on had some just kid they ran for stanford and you know just went on to be nationally recognized olympic trial runners and but they would do all the things like every every season they were you know cross-country team then the cross-country ski team and um yeah it is weird i did read a story because minneapolis is having um some kind of national no international some like olympics kind of ski race too and they're putting blankets over the snow because it's melting. yeah which is kind of a, yeah. we've got to cover the snow up to keep it warm with yeah. blankets. I appreciate it's not sub-zero, but I miss the snow. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of wonder, I was just thinking about this too, is do you as state legislators have to do anything for like, okay, that's tourism. I think that's important. Um, okay, cross-country ski race. Uh, we have the ski hill on the south side here. I, I don't even know. I haven't been around there. I don't even know if there is snow. Are they open? What are they doing? And if they aren't, do you have to you have to help them out some way, or is it just like, eh? Well, we do have grants through tourism, um, and there are several different categories of grants. Some that are, you know, help grants for sporting events. Like I think our our big fishing um, uh, fishing thing out on the river, where you know the international ESPN and the other national mm-hmm. um, uh, fishing contests that are out in the river. Um, you know, they may have a get a marketing grant. There's some or a sports grant. Um, there's some grants for startups if people want to start up a new celebration or a See, new think. event to bring people That's in. Good, that the, would be good to hill. have one for recovery. So right? I was in yeah. I was in Duluth. Oh, this is a while back, but at their ski hill. Did you say at Lutzen? The, no, I just had a friend. Yeah, there. they burned down recently. Did you hear about oh, that? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. So that was in beautiful. Duluth, they have the ski hill, but in the summer. I was there over July fourth. There's a there's like a roller coaster on it, but it's just, it, it's not electrical. Oh, yeah. You just sit on it, and it the you know gravity takes you down. It, but it's it's scary and it's awesome. But you just sit on a cart, you and a partner, and you just go down, and it's awesome. Maybe the ski hill needs to add one of those. Maybe use some of that grant money for a startup and add, mm-hmm. add some kind of roller coaster on the bluff so that we have uh, we can utilize that thing. Yeah. So our local ski hill, they do some summer events. I know concerts and things like that. Um, I bet you could probably even get married out there. I'm sure they do host weddings and things like that. Um, They're pretty creative on trying to work on the off season. When I talked with them, they said one thing that I found to be really interesting is that um, people are all excited about skiing in the beginning of the season. By the end of the season, they still have snow because they'll have a nice snowpack and Mm -hmm. with shade and, uh, but 
you know, by March, people want to be out in the golf course. They just kind of lose their interest in skiing. But I don't know, maybe people, you know, if we get another snow, maybe people will be more interested and it'll be a longer season. Yeah, we don't, we don't even have a season at yeah, this point. Don't give up yet. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, Jill Billings is going to hang out this hour. Um, some of the Just talk about some of the priorities you have. I know you're doing something on Thursday with some UWL professors. That's right. It's uh, very exciting. Hometown heroes? Yes. So we're going to talk we're going to have to find out why they're heroes. Um and and then I'll, also you have a couple of bills. Are they your bills now? We always they talk are. about if they're your bills or somebody else's bills and your name is on them. No, nope, they're um, my bills. So the the prostitution one, this sounds weird to say it like that. The prostitution one, you've been working on it for a while, right? Oh, Safe Harbor? Yeah. yeah. Is that is that the bill or do I have it mixed up with something else? There's a new one. There's a new one. Um, okay. As part of the uh, Human Trafficking Task Force, I've written okay. a couple other bills. And so this one okay. um, is getting movement. It's got 46 so, co-sponsors. It's so Jill popular. and I are going to talk about prostitution when we come back. <laughs> Are you a big NFL fan now, thanks to Tay-Tay? <laughs> no, but I did watch the Super Bowl. It was it was pretty it was pretty good. It was? I, yeah. it a little I boring in the beginning. Yeah. That defense, yeah. they, they were tired, man. They worked hard. Uh, do you watch the Super Bowl because you just want to watch a commercial? A bit. Or you're just like roped into it because everybody's I, watching the Super Bowl? I like the food and I like the commercials. And I watch the game, but I, I'm not a you know I'm not a in depth football fan the whole year round. But now, I mean, do you I host the, do you host so a Super Bowl party or are you no, no okay because uh, like are you bringing food? I bring. Are food. you cooking food? Yeah, I bring food. So did you did, did you bring something fancy or did you just? Um, I ran by festival and got some chicken. Oh, you cheated! <laughs> some chicken, you cheated. Yeah, chicken wings and <laughs> some salmon dip, and that was oh, and I didn't even I even brought a dessert from festival. <laughs> I was too busy on uh, oh, yeah. Sunday. Oh, for sure. I didn't have time. I think to I make slept it. most of the day. So there's that. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is a talk and text line. The the there was an interview with Governor Evers just recently, and he kind of mentioned a lot of stuff. Um, one of those was ranked choice voting. Are we gonna Are we gonna see? Uh, I guess is it? It got a committee hearing, right? A ranked choice yeah, voting bill. It has in the. It did last session too. This is um, something that Lee Rush has done a really. Good job trying to educate people about um, here in our area and throughout the state with this leader ethics group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's a, a way to bring people a little more toward the middle. Right now, our elections kind of feed the extremes where you have these primaries where people run, you know, to the extremes. And yeah. then once the primary is over, well, then even, hopefully they come a little bit more toward the middle. Even the bill itself has turned into the extremes where the Republicans want to get rid of it altogether. Like you can't even bring it up anymore. It will make it illegal to bring up ranked choice voting, like a constitutional amendment. And we're seeing that more and more. Do you just get uncomfortable with the idea that we're going to slip things by through constitutional amendment? Or do you like those proposals? I, I prefer to, I prefer to take our vote through legislation and um, just vote, you know, tell, let the public know where you stand. Um, but last time the bill came through, uh, Joel Kitchens, who I've talked about before on your show, who's a friend of mine, who's a Republican, um, it was his bill. He's more of a moderate, but he couldn't get enough. He couldn't get enough support on the Republican side to get it through. But he had a ton of co-sponsors on both sides of the aisle, so there was support there. But it, then there was uh, sort of a lashback, and now there's a bill that says um, they're going to make it 
take absolutely take ranked choice voting off the table. Yeah, through that constitutional no one can amendment. It. Yeah, it's like why? Yeah, that's the, you know? that's like the plastic bag ban ban that <laughs> Scott Walker you know instituted, which we should get rid of. Also, do you, I feel like you should propose a bill, especially in a Mississippi River town where. You know, if we ban plastic bags in the cross, that would probably help the environment and the Mississippi River. You know, all those bags definitely end up there. So, yeah. But but we can't even – oh, we, we've banned the idea of banning plastic bags. We can't do it. Yeah. And took control away from local governments. So yeah. they, they can't decide what they want to do. Yeah. All right. So um, let's get into what you were trying to – well, I don't know if you're trying. You're pulling off on Thursday with a – it's called Hometown Heroes. You have a couple of people – I, I, I don't know anything about this. Is this like a tradition you do every year around this time? Well, every legislator is invited to choose a, a hometown hero once a session. So once every two years, you can choose a hometown hero from your district. Um, so it kind of varies widely. A couple weeks ago, we had these young kids that had uh, created a, they made a lemonade stand and they were raising money for uh, the local hospital. Um, so, and then some people have like done things like, you know, heard someone screaming, I fell through the ice and rescued someone off the ice. It's, it, it can vary widely. Um, so my hometown heroes, I asked them over the summer if they would let me nominate them for hometown heroes in the assembly. And it's uh, Joe Anderson, who's a, a costume designer and instructor at UWL, and Mary Leonard Anderson, who is a recently retired director um, an instructor at UWL. Are they married? They or are. They, just, are. Oh, okay. they are married. Just yep, sure. They are a couple. <laughs> um, and they're, they might be our first, I'm not sure they might be our first married couple, hometown heroes, maybe. Okay. Anyway, they're, um, they're really wonderful instructors. Um, I've nominated them for a few reasons. Um, you know, they, I think, are emblematic of, of other instructors at our university and across the university system who do such great work for um, bringing that next workforce up and providing people with an excellent college experience. Uh, they work long hours um, with shows. They're working uh, um, after hours with rehearsals. They're working on the weekends. You know, like if someone else is directing the show, Mary will be doing the coat check. You know, they're all hands on deck. It's kind of a department like that where they all work together. Uh, Mary's done, um, and Joe have done things in the community where the community's asked them to do um, whether it's acting or um, Mary had a camp creative. It was at Viterbo College for oh, many years. And she taught, uh, organized a program for the kids. It was a week-long theater, dance, music. Um, and it was a really great experience for, for young kids. They do a week of it with uh, learning about art and dance and music and uh, theater. And then they do a show on Friday for their parents. It was wonderful. Um, and... Also, there's summer shows where they bring people from the community in and you have an opportunity to be on stage at UWL. Um, so I like that reach out to the community. I think it's important for us to have a theater program in our community. It makes us better. It makes us a more interesting community, a community that people are more likely to want to come to. And um, so the other side of it, so there's that side of it, their community involvement. The other side of it is their work with students. We know coming through COVID, it was really hard for everybody. Uh, but students, I think, suffered a lot, whether it was K-12 or university students, where they're being taught virtually. And Joe and Mary were incredibly creative on how they presented their classes online. It was a lot of work. Um, and I know that before and after, you know, in theater, you get really close with students. And I know that they have... 
uh, talked with students about issues they've had with mental health. I know that Mary has specifically walked kids across campus to the mental health specialists when it's above and beyond what she really has expertise in. So I, I know that they and other professors across the university have saved lives. So um, so, so they do, I know, so, I know so they do them. this thing that you can all see literally, like you can literally go see it. Yeah. Theater, arts, yeah. you know, plays, what whatnot. And I don't know if the is the age group from like zero to you know college college age. They're probably in. They they got their mitts in all of it. They're probably helping out from all age levels essentially. Yes, they. In fact, they even did. Um, they created a scholarship for kids as they saw that kids were having a hard time paying for school, paying rent, paying for food. Um, they uh, created a scholarship program for kids in fine arts, and the instructors performed. It was incredible. So mm-hmm. they uh, would do, you know, snippets from shows or, or music, and some they did with students, some they did uh, by themselves, right. and uh, that, was a, that was a really nice thing. Yeah, so they have the thing that, that, like, here's your job, do your job, but also now do a little bit of extra that's, like, incorporating your job, but this is, like, your free time, yeah. and they're so passionate about it. And then you need something like rescue somebody off the ice or selling, you know, or a little cute little kid. I mean, I mean, I get it like a cute little kid selling lemonade to help the local hospitals or something like that's that's an easy one. But you kind of need that like, oh, OK, that's fine. You're volunteering your time for the kids. But like, what else? So and then you have that. You have that. What else? That like underseen. They would never they would never say that about themselves. You kind of have to like dig a little bit and and be like. Oh, so they're helping students in a way that's not anything to do with their job, is in a way where these kids literally need help. Or yeah, not even kids. Yes. I guess they would be college yeah, students. So. Yeah, young adults. Um, and they're very humble. You know, they just quietly do the work because they love it and they love the students. Yeah, it would and be harder they're, they're to nominate. committed to our community. It would be harder to nominate them if they weren't humble about it. Like, hey, look at what we did. This kid needed mental health. And we, you know what I mean? Like, I had to talk that, them. You probably wouldn't nominate them at that point. I, I had to talk them into accepting the nomination. And I think heroes, like you said, heroes can have a lot of different faces. And so Joe said, well, you know, we haven't, I think he said, we haven't, built houses for habitat or we haven't, right. we haven't volunteered at wafer. And so I don't know if we're heroes, uh, but certainly I think those of us who we That's, all have educators are, in our lives that we're heroes. Those are exactly like, the people you want as the heroes when they go, I don't know if we're heroes because if the guy was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm a hero. Like I've been doing this. I need some recognition be like, all right, dude, like, mm. That's great. Like, I'm going to go find somebody that I'm going to have to go find somebody because it's harder to just go find somebody because those people you don't know about until like word of mouth would probably have led you to what they're doing. Yes. And they're both, you know, they're, they're both wonderful people respected in the uh, fine arts community um, in lacrosse. And actually, now that Mary's retired, she uh, has a part time job at Ooh La La because she wants to stay engaged and mm-hmm. uh so they're both wonderful people. It's going to be a very nice, uh, is, very what, nice day. What is I don't know what Ula La. Oh, it's is. a it, oh, it's a great store over, um, you know, in the in the mall off uh, State Road. It's got um, bean juice and yeah, yeah, yeah. post yoga. Yeah, so I know where that is there. because there's a it's pizza like a place right there. It's like a consignment secondhand oh, store. It's oh a, yeah, yeah. K-Mas okay, I have. Owns, it's a wonderful, actually, really so, wonderful store. Actually, I've had someone drag me in there. Once. Oh yeah. <laughs> what did you think? I've been in there. Yes. What did you think? Yeah, it's it's you know I don't know if uh, as a guy I, I I love it but it's you know like it's one of them things you get dragged in there with the female and then you're like eh, <laughs> you know and then you kind of look around and you're like oh this is kind of cool and that's yeah. kind of cool but um all right 
One more thing. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So what are we doing Thursday? Like, where are we doing this? Is this something you do in the Capitol? Yep. So okay. um, so we'll be uh, we're, we'll be called up in front of the assembly. Um, it's at the very beginning before everything starts. Everybody, all legislators are told this is a time to put your computer screens down, close your computers, pay attention, because it is a serious thing for us to honor these people who come from all over Wisconsin, different We'll have one or two, maybe every session or yeah, every day on the floor. And um, so people really pay attention. Uh, I know that the the interim uh, chancellor will be there. Betsy Morgan will be there with uh, her friend Pete Flesh, who are also friends of Joan Mary. And um, so it will it'll be a nice day to um, to honor them and and have the rest of the. Uh, legislators throughout the state understand uh, what a great university we have and and great instructors here at UWL. It sounds like you know them, but also like, how do you figure some of this stuff out? Because they're not going to tell you. And and I say word of mouth, but is there, was there a unique way you kind of learn about, you know, what they're also doing aside from their jobs? Sometimes people find out through, um, you know, somebody will suggest something like I've had a hometown heroes who are law enforcement. And um, so sometimes it'll be something that I'll read in the newspaper or here on WIZM or TV stations mm-hmm. that somebody, you know, did something. Yeah. We see like, that quite like often. Dustin yeah. Darling, when he officer Darling, when he uh, entered the house and, and there was, it was a domestic uh, dispute and, and he was actually shot. Yeah. The guy that was shot. Yeah. yeah the cop. He was a hometown hero maybe six years ago. Um, Joel Miller, who does, he's a law enforcement officer who does really great engagement in the community. Um, uh, I've had, uh, I've had a few law enforcement, um, folks and I either, you know, well, those are easy. Let us know. Yeah. But what's the secret way you, you figured this one out? Um, this one, I know Joe and Mary, my uh, children were part of camp creative. They were, they went to the camp and then they were teachers. She also, you know, brings the older kids if they want to stay, she has them teach with, uh, the like be helpers with yeah. the uh, other teachers in the camp. Um, so I met them actually standing outside of Emerson waiting for my daughter to come out. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, and Joe and Mary were there. That's and so we started talking and um, I got to know them and became a big fan of our uh, theater department and the shows that the students put on. We've had some incredible productions. That's the other thing. They've gone to win like the Kennedy for the Performing Arts um, has competitions that they've won and um, other things. They've had students who have gone on um, to have careers Mm -hmm. in theater. They've had students who have uh, just used their theater ability to do all sorts of things because you learn how to be comfortable speaking in front of an audience. Um, I know a lawyer who is a theater major. Um, I know uh, people that do PR for companies, uh, people who go into sales, um, all sorts of things. Yeah, there's a world where everybody should probably... I mean, doing this job too. People say maybe maybe you should do some more theater, Rick, because you're terrible at this. Uh, <laughs> Mary would work with you, I'm sure, right. if you wanted. <laughs> All right, we're going to continue this conversation with Joe Billings. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on in Madison coming up, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to point out some things that happen in Minnesota and see like why why or if any of this could be realistic in the future. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio with me is State Rep Jill Billings. We're going to talk about new maps in a minute here because I don't know. We're going to get new maps pretty quick, maybe, or the Supreme Court of the United States is going to come down and say no. But we were talking over the break about uh, new cars and how they have all these sensors and they kind of, 
I've told this story before, but I was backing up and I would have backed into a brick wall at the Y had my car not told me to stop. And then it didn't even not tell me, it stopped for me because I was just in a hurry. Um, I was getting, I was mad at all these sensors all the time. And, and then it saved, you know, saved me a lot of money by stopping my car instead of me backing into this brick wall. But I have this car because I hit a deer. So when you hit a deer and your car gets, and, and the, your car gets fixed, right? But when you, in, in insurance, if you have insurance, it'll help pay for it. But if you don't have insurance, people are like, you know, that they're SOL, right? Like they're, it's going to, these cars now, they have so many sensors and stuff in them, but they're going to be like five grand to fix. And people just, and then they just drive the car, you put a flashlight in the headlight or whatever. <laughs> so there's that. But if you have insurance and the insurance helps you fix it, that's great. But your car always has this mark. You, if you go to, if you go to a auto dealership or a mechanic and it's, it's got this red mark, Carfax, right? It's got a Carfax on it. You've been in an accident. So before I hit the deer, two other people downtown have hit my car and I get paid through their insurance to get it fixed. Right. But I always have a Carfax red check mark. So if I want to go and sell my car down the road, Hey, how many accidents has this car been? Two. Okay. Well, if the car was worth 20 grand, no accidents, how much is it going to be worth with two accidents on it? Right? Like if you're going to try to resell your car and insurance, whether it's their insurance, if it's, so it's someone else's fault. They hit my car. It's my fault I parked there. But they, the one guy backed into my car downtown. So the trailer hitch went through like the radiator and everything, right, with his truck. And A, he didn't tell anyone so that I got it on camera because we have downtown cameras. So it was kind of nice. The police went back like a month because I was like, oh, yeah, I can maybe the police will have this. So a month later, they still had it on video. And so there's that. But when I go to resell my car, I have this Carfax on it. I'm going to lose like four or five grand. We should, you should as a state legislator, or, you know, like maybe this is a federal thing. If you go to resell your car down the road and somebody else backed into your car, there should be like an extra three grand for you because of their, it was their fault they backed into your car. And then when you go to resell it, you're losing like three, five grand, whatever it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if you fix it, you still don't have the, the value that the yeah. car would have had because people are hesitant to buy a car. Yeah. Because yeah, when I yeah. hit the deer, I was in the car market. So I'm like, do, do, do looking for used cars. And I'm like, all oh, this one's been in three accidents. I don't want to buy that. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, my car has been in two accidents. <laughs> And also, I wouldn't want to buy my car because I don't. It's been in two accidents, and I don't know what those accidents are. Yeah. But I know when I was driving my car, it would pull to the left a little bit, even though I had it aligned. But like the next person that buys that is definitely not going to pay the zero accident dollar. And I didn't get any recovery from someone else hitting my car to the point where you know down the road when you go to resell it, it's just it's a weird dichotomy, but. I just feel like eh, maybe there should be somebody should be on the hook for that as well. Like whether it's, and it's kind of got to go through insurance. And if it did, that would raise everybody's insurance rates and insurance would have to pay for that. It would be, you know, it would be bad, but like there is just this like little thing that nobody quite thinks about when it comes to stuff like that. Like it's great that insurance covers it and you can get your car fixed, but they don't cover the extra cost of like down the road. When I go to resell my car, Mm -mm. I'm losing out or inconvenience. I mean, my daughter got hit by a, a drunk driver, probably likely drunk driver, hit and run in Madison. And she had a, a nice car that was a, just a good sound quality car. And she loved it. And boom, it's gone. And well, what how about does she this? get to work? And nobody helps with that. Right? What about this? Your daughter gets hit by a drunk driver and just like, mm-hmm. let's say like she 
ends up with a, some kind of spinal injury or just something that's going to affect her. There's there's a way to sue someone yeah. for and you would get like some restitution, some money out of that. Right. right. Like for the rest of my life, I'm going to be disabled in a way and it wouldn't even have to be, you know, whatever it is. Like, so you would get like a hundred thousand dollars or 10, I don't know what, you know, like sometimes you see the lawsuits like $10 million cause you hit me and I have to limp for the rest of my life. Like, what is that worth? But we don't do that with cars. Like it's kind of the same thing. Like the car is going to be limping for the rest of its life. And then when I try to sell the car that's limping, nobody's going to pay top dollar, top used car dollar for the limping car. They're going to, you know, you're going to offer you about five grand less for, for the car. Cause it's got that red Carfax mark. On. Yeah. Part of it's bad luck. Do we just sue the person that backed into me? Is that how like you just have to take that person to court? I don't know. I don't think you're I just think you're not made whole. It's like it's bad luck. It's like that's life, right? That's life. It shouldn't be though. It shouldn't be life because I feel like just that, you know, some people can afford that. No big deal. It's kinda like uh, speeding tickets. Like somebody that makes a million dollars a year gets pulled over because they're speeding, just they're gonna run the risk and it's gonna be two hundred dollars. They never think about it ever again. And then somebody who makes $25,000 a year gets a speeding ticket. It's over. They're, you know, like that's $200. They're never going to like, you know, there's some states and some, I think not states, but communities where they, you know, like they, they figure out what, who would get charged what for a speeding ticket. Cause that $200 would be like $20 or the $200 would be like $2,000 for somebody that, you know, like you make the fine even bigger, but yeah. I don't know. Deep thoughts with Rick Solo. Uh, we how. have a, we actually have a legislator um, from Dane County who was hit by a drunk driver and hit and run and in a wheelchair, he's in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, he's a good legislator and has been reelected several times, does a good job for his district, but he has that firsthand experience so that, mm-hmm. uh, when that type of legislation come up, comes up, certainly, um, he's consulted. All right, let's uh, rant over, I guess. Uh, we talk about <laughs> politics. There's, you're gonna you you probably will be in a very different district. I don't know if you. I, I guess I don't know. Like Governor Evers, if like the, the Republicans are talking about, we might sign Governor Evers' maps or however agree to him, and Governor Evers would sign them into law. And if that happens, what does your district look like? Have you looked at that yet? Um, I have. Um, so there are. So there were. There were there were six maps that the Supreme Court's experts who. Um, to people who were being paid $200,000. Um, and I think we talked about this before. They they worked on maps in New York and mm-hmm. Virginia. Yeah, Democrats are mad about the New York maps. So I like to bring that up. And then because the Democrats want to gerrymander those yeah. maps. And yeah. they said no. Right. And right. then Virginia, I think the one guy, I think one of them is from Virginia and worked on the New York maps. And I think another one worked I'm maybe in California or one is from California. I believe one of the other guys He's like a professor in California or something. Well, they have experience in this area. So they uh, responded to the maps with their comments as experts uh, to the court. And they said that the um, two Republican maps, uh, there were seven maps in total. One was, uh, yeah, one got booted out. Oh, 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 only one got, yeah. So then, Ended up with six, and then the um, they said that they indeed are gerrymandered. That uh, so now there are four maps left. So those are kind of set aside, yeah, likely. Can, and there can are just, four left. Can uh-huh. I just rant real quick? Sure. Because we're talking about like signing the maps that Governor Evers drew, like, right. as if Governor Evers is in there drawing maps. No. It's kind of a funny concept, but <laughs> this is what we're where we're at. The congressional maps are Governor Evers maps, mm-hmm. right? But they were drawn in a way that was like there were other rules. But anyway. Governor Evers needed to draw, and you just tell him this, Governor Evers needed to draw maps that were so left that the, those 
guys would have thrown them out because Republicans drew maps that were so right that those two guys that essentially Governor Evers or the liberal Wisconsin Supreme Court hired, right? They threw the Republican maps out. It looks awful. Like, oh, you're just a bunch of liberal Supreme Courts that hired these guys and they threw out the Republican maps because Republican. But if Evers would have drawn maps that were so far left that would have been ridiculous, like just draw a big, you know, like, well, however he wants to manipulate the map so that all the Democrats win all the seats then at least we would have been on even territory. There wouldn't have been this argument. And I don't even know if there is this argument. It sounds like Republicans are pretty mad. But at least there would have been like, eh, we got to throw out the governor's maps. We don't want the the optics of like, oh, we're going to sign the Democratic governor's maps for the Democratic, you know, for the Democrats who feel like they're being gerrymandered out of seats. Right. I understand your thought process behind that. Yeah. Um, but first of all, the I, I don't I don't honestly know how people who really look at the whole situation and read the um, the comments from the experts uh, can be mad because right. basically we have we're in a purple state, right? So you know, governor, senate, uh, uh, statewide, it's, yeah, it's quite obvious. Our constitutional officers, like secretary of state, uh, treasurer, all those people. It's always very they're tight races and they're, it's quite purple, um, unless you have. You know, somebody like Tommy Thompson, who's an incumbent, who's very, you know, well-liked, or Governor Evers, who's now an incumbent, and he's very well-liked. So he polls above the average right now because uh, I mean, people like him. He barely so, won, right? Like, yeah, he didn't—it yeah. wasn't a landslide. First land time he barely won. So, so the thing is that um, it doesn't make sense in a purple state why the Republicans would have uh, almost— two-thirds of the seats in the Assembly and over two-thirds in the Senate. Something's going on there, right? Yeah, Just sure. log- logic yeah, we all tell know you that. something's going on there. So uh, the governor – have you met Go- Governor Evers? He's quite earnest. He, I think he wanted to try to – I'm guessing um, he – whoever did his maps, he probably gave him instruction. And it was like, do it – you know, do it, do the, right it the right way. I know you guys, you Democrats keep doing that, though. You need to, like, just fall off the left side of the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, or and or then just the, tell and then some the, other group. We need some liberal group, like, you know, democracy campaign or somebody to come in and, and give us some crazy maps that, yeah. that they can kick off just to have the argument. Like, well, they kick off the, the stri- you know, the crazy left maps, too. Yeah. Um, well, so with the governor's map and um, even with the... You know, the, of the four maps, I think the governor's is most liked by Republicans. That's why they're voting on his map this right. this week, right? They, I think they're possibly, you know, this is all conjecture. They may be making a calculation saying, okay, what are our options here? We've got four maps that we know. The Supreme Court could do a, a mixture of those maps. Yeah, they could draw their own. Piece yeah. of that one. And, or they could have the experts uh, – draw their own. And the experts said the last paragraph in uh, their comments to the court was, uh, if the court asks us to draw a map, we can do it and we can do it in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. So, because that's an issue too. So um, I think maybe Republicans are taking, looking at all the maps and calculating the governor's map gives us the best chance of having a majority. It'd be a slim majority, probably depending on the election year, right? Um, but not only did the governor not do what I wanted him to do and, and draw crazy left wing maps that would get th- tossed out just to even things out, even out the argument. He drew down so down the middle maps because it's hard. To, I think it's hard to draw Wisconsin in a way that just obviously like a lot of Democrats live in the Milwaukee area, Madison area, even this area, I think 
So obviously it's hard to draw those maps, I think, in a way that's going to be 50-50 in the legislature anyway. But the governor drew, drew them too well. Like, he's too down the middle. Like, he needed, could you lean a little bit left? That's that's how I see it. Like, he went, oh, I'm going to straight shoot it here, and I'm going to draw maps that were are perfectly even. Uh, he did too well. He's got to. Yeah. Well, gotta, those, the experts in their testimony, they talk about, um, you know, the four remaining maps, you know, that, that they are pretty much pretty reflective of the state of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They're pretty purple maps. It's not like any of those four maps is going to help the Democrats get, have a two thirds majority. I mean, to do that, you would also have to, you know, divide Matt Dane County into a pizza pie with big, yeah, all the way up to the superior. Right. right? And that would, (laughs) that would not somebody in Madison and superior would have the same assembly rep. And that would kind of look like gerrymandering. Um, plus with the voting rights act act in Milwaukee, you have to be careful about that. So, um, but there's a world here, there's a world here where, Governor Evers walked the line so well. When we talk about there's this partisan divide, right? Governor Evers had a team draw the map so well that Republicans apparently are considering taking his maps. That's where we're at. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. That's where we were at. Well, a couple of weeks ago, they they um, wanted to bring up his maps with uh, their own uh, little substitute. Yeah, that was so great. Would, That's crazy. To protect talk. themselves. Yeah. That's kind of like the same thing guy. months before that. Oh, we're going to have the Iowa model. Only the Iowa model <laughs> where we get all the power and the governor is axed out of the Iowa model. It's just kind of hilarious the yes. way the right. arguments fall right. that way. Right. Um, but when we talk about, and I know you're not like, a, I, I, I guess I don't know, but like you're not a map making drawing expert. But Minnesota no. is not a purple state, maybe. I don't think. The, 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 they, Minnesota just took control, full control of the government. They're a part-time legislature, by the way. I have a list of like 25 things the Democrats did in the legislature. But I would say if you look at Minnesota, there's Minneapolis, St. Paul, mm-hmm. just one big circle. You could call that Madison. And then maybe Rochester. And there's not a lot of other big cities in Minnesota that you could say, if you want to just go, people in big cities are Democrats. And yet that government is Democratic. And they draw maps where... They, you know, there's not this Jerry, there's no argument that the Democrats have gerrymandered the maps of Minnesota, yet somehow the maps are drawn in a way where Democrats vote in Democrats. And it could be like who runs for those seats. But so the idea that, oh, we couldn't draw maps in Wisconsin because they're always going to lean right a little ways. I feel like you look at Minnesota right across the river and go, well, maybe not. Maybe the maps should be drawn in a way that everybody has a 50 50 chance here. Well, I think Minnesota is considered a more blue. Yeah, than sure. Wisconsin is. There are a lot of similarities, but I think they're considered more blue than Wisconsin is. Um, the bottom line is, you know, we but, need what, fair map. We need fairer maps. But why would and Minnesota even, be more blue? We're right next to each other. We're not. It's not like we're different. That much different. We're not any yeah, different over yeah. here on this side of the river. That we have we have two big cities, St. Paul and Minneapolis, bunched right together, mm-hmm. and then we have Rochester's big city. But Rochester's really close to the St. Paul and Minneapolis when you look at the whole state. Well, it could be <laughs> traditionally, historically, uh, you know, Minnesota still their party, Democratic Party, is called the DFL, Democratic Farm Labor Party. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of support up in the Iron Range and with unions and. And farming communities, farmers. Are you saying you um, need to name your party farm labor? <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, historically they've just have had maybe 
um, more support. I mean, but the Republican time, Party in Minnesota just, just had a giant donor go to jail for child sex trafficking. So it might be a little bit of that, but yeah. So oh, really? An- Antoine Lazar. Yeah. He, oh, he just got that. caught, caught. He just got, you, you know, sentenced uh, for, you know, recruiting girls uh, to, uh, yeah. Uh, he was, no. he was good friends with the, uh, the Republican Party of Minnesota leader, uh, whatever, chair, whatever you want to call it. She's uh, not the chair anymore. Um, all right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> Jill's got to look this up on her phone. <laughs> I do. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk VF. Uh, just cluing in Jill Billings on the uh, Anton Lazar situation. <laughs> She's just getting caught up. Um, okay. Last thing. A couple minutes here. Uh we're almost done with with your in session, right? Like you're only going to work like a month right. and a half or so. Right. Right. What do we got to get done? Like you have well, this. We said we were going to talk about prostitution. We better do it quick. This is a all right. Chi- children in Wisconsin, if they're underage and get arrested for prostitution, they get arrested for prostitution. Wouldn't that be rape? Like anyone that yeah. like right? That's it's the illegal whole to have sex idea. with a child. So that bill, um, the safe harbor bill, is is still in the mix. Um, there's a new bill that as part of the human trafficking task force um, that I've uh, written, uh, it says that um, kids who are 17 and under do not have to testify against their traffickers in court. They can mm-hmm. do it um, virtually or offsite. So because, you know, a lot of these people are manipulated, Traumatic. tortured by their, yeah, by their traffickers are afraid of them. And um, so this helps them have less trauma and be able to testify in front of those people. Um, with a little bit of protection, not have to be in the courtroom with them. Uh, that bill has 46 co-sponsors. It's very popular. I think, you know, it might make it through. It's on our calendar this week, which That's is a little exciting. different than what your bill from a couple of years ago, at least a couple of years yep. ago, where children who are prostitutes that are underage shouldn't be arrested for prostitution because they're being manipulated in their children. Right. And that's still in the mix. Every time we had a hearing with this human trafficking task force, us, an advocate raised that issue and said, are you going to include safe Harbor in the package? And the press asked about, asked about it actually at the press conference, which I couldn't be at because I had a committee hearing. Uh, but the press asked about that. Are you going to include safe Harbor? And the Republican chair said, yes, it's included as a bill that okay. um, is an important bill that should uh, pass. So that's exciting. We're, that's getting a hearing on the floor. Hopefully that'll make it through the Senate quickly. Uh, the myxylazine testing strip, or it, the, it's known commonly as Trank. This is, a, this is a drug that drug dealers are lacing drugs with now, and people are unknowingly ingesting it and overdosing. So in Milwaukee in uh, 2022, 56 people died from um, overdose related to Trank. Trank was one of the drugs, okay. or xylazine was one of the drugs. And this, this is kind of similar to, we did fentanyl test strips not too long ago, right? Have right. we done? Yeah. It's, so. yep, it's a, new, a new drug. It's, you know, yep. we'll see if it it's gets to. It's been here, October 2023, we had our first overdose that included um, xylazine. Okay. So uh, Dr. Eberline, local doctor, EMS doctor from Gunderson, asked me, um, to create that law, and I've had help from Republicans, and we're getting it through, fast tracking it. And I texted you about it, and you texted me back the the name of the drug because it's got an X and a Z in it, and yeah. and I said, "Wow, you really spelled that wrong." And now, or you you did a good job spelling that, and now I threw it in my Google Doc, and Google Doc says you spelled it wrong. So my bad. You xylazine? Yeah. How do they? How do you spell it? X Y L A Z I N E. Oh, I it said- could be. L-E-Z. Yeah, you, you spelled it wrong. I got so. it all mixed up. <laughs> Hopefully you got it right in the legislation. I'm um, sure I did. All right. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, everybody, <laughs> Thank for you. listening.